tiny seamless improvements all the time. Uh, I was gonna. T oh yeah. I uh. I yeah, we're wrong. <laughs> I I uh I did this thing when I went to the bathroom. Uh, I tucked my my shirt into my belt on accident, so like the shirt was like under the belt. And it reminded me at band practice once. I I tucked my shirt into my underwear on accident. So like That's interesting. So everyone could see like my underwear like be tucked in. But no one told me because they thought I was trying to make a fashion statement. So I think I just looked real confident <laughs> <laughs> with my shirt tucked in my underwear. Um welcome to Electric Trash Radio www.electrictrashradio.com. This is the season finale. That's right. The last show of the season. We're going to be taking a little break. We're probably going to take two weeks off. Is it like two weeks off? Yeah. Yeah. We've been dri we're driving our online content manager, Shauna, crazy because we keep switching the plan. But uh, we're, we're like a roller coaster. You either <laughs> you got to ride us, you know, like we, we take twists and turns. We do. And we don't even know which way it's going to go sometimes. I feel like I'm upside right? down. Yeah. Upside down all around. Yes, Twisted sir. around. Um, what, what else was I supposed to touch on there? I think that was it. Um, should we do the disclaimer right off the bat? Yeah, let's just do it. That's okay. what I said. Do it. Yeah, disclaimer. Um, disclaimer. Here on Electric Trash Radio, we talk about things that may be offensive. Um, even though we're not trying to be offensive, what, more than anything, we're just trying to be ourselves. So if you do not have a, a squishy, curious mind that does not wish to be offended from time to time, uh, what should they do with their listening device? You know, I think they should go find the nearest hammer they have and just smash it. Find the nearest hammer you have, put your phone on an anvil and smash it like a go. blacksmith. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Okay. That's, those are little mental notes to put in sounds later. Um, all right, cool. And uh, let's just dive right into our first point here. Uh, ready. I'm so ready for this. I can find this. it. Let me shuffle through all this paperwork here. My God. I, you know, I, I'm just a little... Uh, we are here in our office. Yeah, we're... Oh, yeah, we're high atop the ETR Tower Broadcasting in Columbus, Ohio, dodging lightning bolts <laughs> and low-flying aircraft. And rogue birds. And rogue birds. And cumulus clouds. <laughs> um, my per The ones I'm afraid of the most, cumulus clouds. So, uh, first uh, bullet point today, I want to talk about something I saw in the bar the other day. Okay. I say the bar, but it's the pool hall. But there is a bar in Alcoholic Drinks Flow. Makes uh, sense. I saw this, and you've probably seen it before. Everyone's probably seen it before. Okay, this, this, uh, this we'll call her a lady. A lady dropped her phone. Oh. Yeah, it looked like she was a tiny bit tipsy. Not not sloppy, but like a little tipsy. Yeah. Loose. We'll say okay. loose. And uh so she dropped her phone and and a guy uh picked up her phone for her, but it was the way he handed it back to her. Like she dropped it, boom, and then he grabbed it, gave it to her, but he handed it off like a football, like you would a football, and he looked around the room to see if anyone saw it. So it was like this kind of like he was just like, boom, here's your phone. And he looked around like this. He's like, he's like, you're good. Like, you know, he was like, he's like, don't worry. No one saw it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like, I think people get embarrassed when they drop their phone, especially when they've had a couple drinks. Oh, okay. So I was thinking like, is that a new etiquette? Like where you grab, if someone drops their phone, you grab it real quick, give it back to him. <laughs> and then you look around, you're like, okay, no one saw it. <laughs> like you're okay. You know, I, th I, I like actually, <laughs> 
Well, I was like walking through work. I, I wasn't clocked in yet, but mm. somebody dropped something and I'm like, I kind of instinctively like went to grab it. But then I was like, wait a second. I was like, no, 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 no. You Obviously. grab it. <laughs> well, well, just because like the time we live in right now. Oh, for those, I mean? because of the Rona. Because of the vid. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, well, like absolutely. That's kind of funny you said it. Cause you just, just like, I would have went and grabbed it and just picked it up and gave it to somebody. But like, because of that, you also got to think like, I don't know. Some people might get upset, I feel. Yeah, well, I think she was appreciative. That's good. Um, but he, it was just funny the like yeah. way he did it. It was like like secretive. It was like no one saw it. Don't worry. <laughs> but and, you're like I saw it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm in the corner. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I was kind of like, good move. That's a good move because because for some reason that registered to me like the equivalent would be like you know how the in the old times I wouldn't say the 1920s or 30s they would put like a jacket over a puddle for uh, oh, like, oh, like yeah, for some yeah. reason that like registered as the <laughs> like modern day digital equivalent so it's like oh don't worry That's i got funny. you Here's i your got phone. you yeah nobody saw it no need to be embarrassed yeah no crack screen it's all good i just like that um moving into our next bullet point we're moving into holding grudges and forgiving people this is a big one uh yeah this is a big one so i guess i just want to ask you like have you ever been a person to hold a grudge um, e- I want to say yes, yeah. but I, I don't know. Cause I think grudges, I think for me, that sounds like energy being spent. Mm-hmm. So like actively disliking somebody, I, I think for me, if I don't it like mm, holding your grudge, does that mean what they did was unforgivable or have you forgiven them well, and, and, but you're still holding on to it? Uh, I think sometimes some things may be unforgivable, but that's something else I wanted to talk to with all this. And like, uh, I think we'll get to that, but maybe we should define what a grudge is. Yeah. I mean, or in your own words, what do you think? So like, let's say somebody did something to wrong you and you just like, you hate them and you spend time hating them. You spend energy like holding that grudge towards somebody because of something they did towards you. And sometimes it may not even be as deep as that. Like it could be like holding a grudge, like towards like somebody in your life, because let's say for instance, they like dropped plans with you one time or like flaked on you. Yeah. And then you kind of just like make comments about that or you're like actively upset about it and you don't like talk to people. But cause I think a lo- one thing as well, like people who, hold grudges I think have a hard time expressing themselves Mm. and I think maybe that's why a grudge uh especially can like last so long yeah I think I think a grudge implies like work on my part so Mm -hmm. like so like uh I I've had situations where I felt betrayed by people because I asked maybe I asked them not to pass some information along and, uh, you know, I, I was like, please keep this to yourself. Don't tell anyone I told you this. I'm kind of confiding in you. Yeah. And then they went around and, and told somebody or, you know, and I, I, I definitely would, I was definitely mad. Like I, I definitely get mad at people and I, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And I try my best not to speak out of anger, but sometimes it just happens. And to be quite honest, I think I deserve to speak out of anger sometimes in certain situations. I mean, (laughs) speaking out of anger, I think you can still do that in a way that is still tactful, but you're, it's like, I think it's important, obviously, like 
you're you're able to express when you're upset yeah or like, angry. like don't attack the don't attack the person attack the behavior mm-hmm. you know like like attacking the person would be like name calling and stuff like that right exactly but it's like i i've definitely been upset and be like you know what i don't like this and this is why you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, and then I had a little bit of an attitude behind my voice like that. Like, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to tell you why I don't like this. And then I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And, and, and I'd be like, and I think that's really messed up, you know, like, I, I think it's important that you are able to express yourself like that, you know? Yeah. Well, but today everyone wants to act like anger is bad. You know, anger is bad. Anger is bad. Don't venture. No. anger. It's only, it's only bad. It's like, it's like wielding fire. Like you can, it's like being a firebender, right? An avatar. Yes. Yes. It's like you can get burnt by it, but. And, but it also keeps you warm. <laughs> it also keeps you warm. <laughs> um, so like to me, I think, ooh, little spark there. I think to me, a grudge is um, like a grudge implies that I'm holding on to something and that I'm going out of my way what I'm more likely to do is just be like, you know, I don't, I don't really talk to this person because this happened and it's more about breaking a break of a trust. I trust every, I trust everyone until they give me reasons not to. Exactly. Yeah. I had a geography teacher once tell me that. And of all things, it was like going to the bathroom because he, in high school he had asked to go to the bathroom and like some teachers, you would have to have the hall pass to go, Mm -hmm. you know? But I had one geography teacher that was like, um, if, you know, if you got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, then just come back. You know, um, like I trust everyone until they give me a reason not to. So like the first time you were caught, you know, dicking around in the halls or whatever, like she was like, okay, yep. Now I can't trust you. Now you got to have a pass. Now you got to, you know, you have to ask when you go, et cetera, so forth. So that's how I kind of conduct myself in life. I trust everyone until they give me a reason not to, but trust is, trust is, the only time someone can really break my trust, I feel like, is when I've asked them as a friend or some, to specifically not do something, and they've agreed to that. Okay. You know, so if that's the only time someone can really break my trust is if we have an agreement and they go back on their agreement or or something like that. I don't even get so bothered about friends who don't, like, hit me back up or... So do you think, like, nowadays, like, obviously, if somebody did that and, like, blatantly did that, is that something that you feel you would hold a grudge for? Or is it something you feel you might have held a grudge for in the past? Um, I, I wouldn't say I held a grudge. I would say I was angry. Okay. And then I made a conscious decision to be like, you know, I can't trust this person. But yeah. it doesn't mean I still can't be friendly with them or, or professional with them or convey my ideas to them. But I, I feel like there are each of us has real deep levels. So mm-hmm. like... um. I read in the book Shogun a long time ago, like, like about Japanese feudal beliefs. And like one was like, every man has every man, but it applies to everybody. Every man has three hearts. Like there's one heart that you show to everyone, one heart that you only show to the person you're in love with. And then one heart that you only show to yourself. So I think, I think, uh, you can take that step further a lot. Like, I feel like I have like maybe six levels and like, you know, Mm. like trust is how I show people those levels. Okay. So I feel like someone who has wronged me or I feel like I can't trust, they might just only get that service level, but it's still polite. I'm still polite and I still convey my ideas. I'm still honest. Yeah. That's just maturity. Yeah. But I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to, you know, and I, I don't know. Have you had a situation where you felt like you were holding on to a grudge? Oh, I, well, I mean, I know I've talked about it, you know, in the podcast and earlier episodes, but yeah, I mean, 
I could, I'm trying to think of like a specific, a specific scenario. Um, I definitely, actually, yeah, I can, I could think of some like in my younger years, dude, I, I used to be a pretty angry person. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life and like, I didn't really feel like I had the means to express myself. And I think, uh, expression and self-expression has always been a, a hard thing for me and just something that I really had to learn. Yeah. I felt like I did a lot of that on my own in some ways. Cause I don't know, just like being homeschooled my whole life and not, I really wasn't like, I mean, obviously I had my influences, but I wasn't influenced by like a big group of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I never had that. Um, I've, I've definitely had situations where I was like, like, fuck that guy, like for what they did. And I'm like, I'm just not going to talk to him anymore, but I wouldn't say I held a grudge. Yeah, I, I definitely have. And, and like, it's weird because, you know, just as life goes on, obviously you kind of let go of things naturally, but, but like, I just remember coming to a point and, you know, we talk about this a lot, but I just remember coming to a point and I was like this, you know, actively being angry with someone or actively like hating somebody or holding a grudge like that, that takes energy, man. Like it really does. It takes energy from yourself. And it's like, that's not, at least for me, it's not something I can handle anymore. Like mm. it, I hate living like that and feeling like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's something I kind of like came to on my own terms and like also at the same time it kind of leads into this other thing that I wanted to talk about like forgiving people uh on your own time mm -hmm. like without them apologizing like I always felt like I needed somebody to apologize to me in younger years and like sometimes that's just not how life works oh uh, I, I see what you're saying and yeah. like you have to learn to forgive people on your own time whether or not they apologize because some people won't you know it's just how life is going to go. And, you know, you can't expect, you know, everybody to apologize for every wrong that they do to you because that's just not how it's going to happen. And some people are going to dislike you and some yeah. people, people might even blatantly have done something to you. But, you know, I think forgiving people on your own time, like it's a way, at least for me, it was a way of figuring out how to like let go of all of that. Yeah. You know, I may, I may feel like I miss a person or like I may feel, you know, things like that. But sometimes you can just like say, you know, they don't belong in your life anymore, whether you miss them or you love them or you care about them or not. Right. And, and you so, can still forgive them. So yeah. Go ahead. And sometimes some people are just like toxic towards each other, even though both parties don't want to be. Yeah. You know? Well, and I've done things where like if I felt like I, I had a grudge or something I couldn't let go, I did this meditation and like I do it occasionally if I do feel this like. I'll get and I'll do like a 15 minute meditation where I just get in a real relaxed state. And then like I visualize the person in front of me mm -hmm. and then I just forgive them like as if they were there in the room with me. And that helps a lot for me too. That, that helped me a lot on, on my last big one. Yeah. So, cause, cause, uh, I didn't want to take all that baggage with me cause, cause I'm, I'm a real lazy guy. A lot of people think I work hard. But like I, I work on cool things, but I'm always trying to find the easiest way to do it and the coolest way to do it. So some would call that streamlining and, and entrepreneurship. <laughs> but um, like like uh, I, even on the pool table, I have um, like somebody accused me of not trying hard with them on the pool table. And this was a lesser skilled player. 
And uh, they were getting upset with me because like there was an expectation for me to clear the table. So you must become a circus act when you can clear the table. Like a lesser skilled player will play you just to see you you sweep the table, and they they're not even they've only hit in two balls or whatever. Yeah. So I got accused once of, or I've been accused of this a couple of times of of not trying because I I won't if it's a lesser skilled player I'll just bat the balls around you know until I like where they are yeah you know I won't really try that hard whereas if I'm playing somebody I know can win in one turn I'm I'm sweeping the table and I got accused of that. So I always tell people I'm a lazy shooter. I, I only shoot as hard as I need to. You know, that's that's and that's the truth. I only shoot it. Whereas some shooters, they shoot hard every time. So um, like, I don't know, like the whole grudge thing, I think, plays into that philosophy. Because like like to me, like holding on to a grudge or like demanding an apology or or um, that seems like I'm working a lot harder than what I need to. And I remember my friend got real upset once I had a friend who was he's like I just want respect yeah that's what he said Mm -hmm. and I was like okay so this is kind of a weird one but like I if you don't care for somebody and you want their respect that means that you hold their respect in high regard so if like I don't I don't even really care about the concept of respect anymore at all because if I want your respect, that means I care about what you think. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I, I want to be respected by people I like. Okay. I don't want to be respected by people I don't like. Yeah. Does that, cause, cause I feel like it puts them in a power position where it's like, okay. it's like this thing I'm trying to obtain from them. Like, like I want to be respected. I want to be respected. Like, like, but people I don't really care for are people who, who tend to be a little destructive, I think, or. Um, or not, or selfish. I'm just like, I don't really want your respect. Like, I don't really need it. I don't want it. I don't need it because I don't know. It feels like, uh, I don't know. I think, I think people can get hung up on that respect thing. You I know? mean, I think that perspective makes a lot of sense. Mm. And when you talked about, you said, uh, like carrying that baggage with you, like the thing with that is, is if you don't deal with it, you're right. You do carry that baggage with you. You carry it wherever you go and that that baggage is exactly what it sounds like it's weight it's extra weight you don't need it's slowing you down like you know you'll bring that into other relationships whether it be friendships or romantic ones and I've been victim to that and I don't want to say victim in the sense of I am a victim because that was my burden to bear and something I had to deal with but like you know you you gotta you gotta like learn to deal with that stuff and you gotta learn to let go whether it be you know, forgiving people on your own terms or just learning how to deal with like the anger aspects of things and things like that, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's, that's a tricky one. Like the whole grudge thing. Yeah. I, but yeah, I don't, I I think as of right now sitting here, I don't have any grudges, but I definitely have like people who I, I wouldn't interact with or, or want, um, attention from. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I tend to not want attention from certain people. Yeah, that's what I think the the best way to put it. But like, I, you know, I have regrets in my past relationships, and I think I think uh, f- friendships and things like that. We're looking back on it. You ever do this too? I I I have a tendency to like. Sometimes I think I have a tendency to imagine things too, because 
I hit up a friend I hadn't talked to for like six years. We were in a band together and I actually, we kicked him out of the band is what <laughs> happened. So like we had a band meeting and kicked him out of the band. And like, I always thought he like resented me for that, you know, and I hit him up out of the blue cause I missed the guy. I honestly missed yeah. him. I was like, Hey man, like, like, I don't, I don't really know how you feel about me or anything, but you know, I'm back in town. I just wanted to say hi and like, hope you're doing well. And I hope there's no, re-. and he's like, he's like, no dude, I don't re- resent you at all. Like he's like, he's like, you guys were right. I wasn't coming to band practice and I was living too far away. And, and he's like, I got nothing but respect for you. And I think what you do is real dope. And I was like, and I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But it was weird. Cause like for six years I thought like, no, this guy probably hates me. And I mm-hmm. always had that in my head. And like, it, I think it's funny, like the ideas we can get sometimes just from not communicating, you know? Right. And finally I was just pushed enough to reach out and he's like, no dude, he's like, I don't feel that way at all. I got another guy who's in that same, I feel like that's a recurring thing. Cause I got another guitarist from my band Geneva Bedlam who kind of the same thing. Okay, do you want to hear this story? I'll make it short. Okay, absolutely. We're doing a longer episode because of the finale. Um, So I was in, I think enough time has passed on this. I can talk about it. And I've actually never talked about this. So uh, with with anybody. So like I I was contracted to an album um, as what I thought at the time was I was a lead producer. So two months went by we were working on this album me and this artist and i was i took the lead producer role and we were getting through songs but they weren't even close we were just tracking demos so like usually my process is i track demos and then then we track the real thing you know right right um so we were tracking demos and and uh he he kind of kept switching the parameters of the project which was driving me crazy so like at first he wanted electric drums like program drums then he wanted acoustic drums then you know it kept changing so we kept having to kill things re-record it kill you know and we'd we'd record like a reference track for a beat or drums and he'd be like he'd be like this sucks i don't like this and i'm like like a scratch track yeah but i'm exactly but i'm like but he see he had no prior knowledge of producing or recording or anything i'm like this is just a scribble it's like you know this isn't gonna stay it's just it's just Mm -hmm. something for us to record to yeah um to lay ideas down so like two months go by, we keep doing that. And then like, he's like, I think I want a guitarist. I was like, I know a guitarist. Like, you know, he's the guitarist in my band. He's really good. We can just bring him in, you know, pay him X amount of dollars. He could just track, you know, guitar and then we could be done. So, and I knew he needed the money. So I was trying to help, help him out too. Right. So we brought him in the project and this guitarist, he was also a producer and he produced his own stuff. But, uh, when I brought him in the project, he, he, the him and the artist started to have these side conversations without me and the you know slowly basically what happened was he he just kind of put the seed in his head he's like you know we don't really need adam he's like i can do all this i can do you know i can do what adam does which is not true because nobody can mix and master like i do mixing is like my strong suit i'm i'm very good mixer like you give me 20 sounds and i'll figure out a way for them to all play nice in the room at the same time like i don't think a lot of producers can do that you know yeah i think i think that's also like a you know with with producing and mixing like creating your own style within that is a whole other thing too yeah so like i'm a multi-instrumentalist like i play guitar bass i program drums i play synth i play piano i you know i i i I sing but people ask me what i play and honestly i feel like i play like i'm a producer more than anything and I, i feel like it's its own instrument you know it really is like that's how i look at it like it's like producing is its own instrument because i feel like a sonic uh, I'm going to say sonic sculptor. So 
um, like through panning, like I do a lot of things in panning. Like I might take like a synthesizer sound and have it sweep from the left side to the right side, you know, yeah. and have that play nice with a bunch. I might have like two sounds that sweep like this, but they also get quieter as they do it. So they sound like they get further away. Like, so I'm, like, I'm always thinking about how I can, and I, I learned like stuff like from Pink Floyd, like Dark Side of the Moon, a lot of stuff they were doing. It's very cerebral. And like, so you're like sculpting things in real time. And I call it sonic sculpting because like if you were to close your eyes and listen to it, you could you could see like where it is. Like when you're listening to something in stereo, you can close your eyes and hear that it's like kind of far away on the right side. Okay. Or it's behind you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like so... Anyway, long story short, I had a big falling out with that that guitarist, and one night we had a production meeting. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I I was upset. I was mad. Um, I I because I was, you know, I was, you know, I think I'm a really good producer, and I get I get really arrogant about it sometimes if I think I should call for it. And I, and I was just like, I was just like, look, why why the fuck am I here? I was like, why the fuck am I here? I got everything I need, and I think it goes back to that idea. I don't need anyone's respect because like I feel like I was just like. And I was a big douche about it, but like I was upset, you know, they were basically coming out of the project and, um, we had this artist who, who didn't really know, know too much about production and what it entails and everything. So, um, and then because, because the project was so aggravating, they still wanted me on the project, but, um, the artist insisted on being the lead producer, you know? when they didn't know anything about production. So they kept rewriting parts and, and, and I was just like, you were going to throw so much money away on this album. Yeah. It's like a slippery slope when you start doing that. I mean, I've been in groups where people like you have to, you have to come to a point where you're like, okay, that's enough. Like I feel like as artists, you can kind of almost endlessly with music, make changes, make changes, change this, change that. But like at some point you have to realize like it's enough. Right. And there was no, like there was no vision, like, like there was no vision of what it was supposed to sound like at the end. Like no, like I, I had a vision for it and mm-hmm. I, I kind of cooked up this whole concept of, I wanted it to sound like it was kind of like somebody going through outer space and like, uh, like landing on different planets, like sonically. And yeah, so it, it involved a lot of synth work and a lot of, uh, uh, spacey sounds and a lot of reverb and a lot of, uh, like electronic drums. Well, I do really like concept albums. Yeah. And, and, and it was a loose concept because right. lyrically, I guess I could talk about it. We're on good terms now. Um, I don't want to say the artist's name, but I'm trying to figure out how much I want to talk about. Okay. The, the artist was, uh, Okay, I think we're still good. <laughs> the artist was, or he is a he's a, he's a gay guy, and um, it was about his partner who actually passed away. Okay, yeah, and his partner passed away in a really strange way. He he passed away very young and unexpectedly. That's sad. Yeah, they found him in a pool, in like a swimming pool. Oh, yeah, and uh, he found him actually. So the whole album was about um, uh his partner and basically the pain of that separation and the, yeah. the unresolved feelings. So, so I was really attracted to the project. So I, I was doing like a lot of things. Like I wanted, I wanted it to sound like he as an artist was going through outer space and kind of, um, convening with his partner at certain points. And like, uh, I was even doing things like I was asking him if he had old voicemail messages like from his partner and we were taking them and recording them and chopping them up and using them at certain points in the album. And, um, 
but I kind of wanted it to be this album be like an outer body experience, but also be still real. Uh, what's the word? Like naked, vulnerable, and yeah, you know. And that was like my vision for the album, and no one else had that vision, you know. And as far as the artist uh, was concerned, he w- he was just like, you know, I just want a really good album to kind of, you know, promote and do. That. So that was kind of like my vision but but the parameter and the style and everything you know like one week it was a folk album the next week it it was an indie album the next week it was a rock album and then we would go back to electronic and pop like it didn't seem like he really knew like what avenue he wanted to go into and he was trying to go a little bit into all of them um uh so uh yeah and and but yeah i had a big falling out with that guitarist and i'm still on weird terms with that guitarist but like i have a feeling like once and this was probably like two, three years ago. So like maybe eventually like three more years, I'll reach out to him and be like, Hey, <laughs> uh, and, and it was really weird. Cause like we even did music videos together and stuff like that. So there's yeah. still common projects out there. Um, I still, mean, yeah. I think, I think there's sometimes, you know, there's a good healthy level of separation and like, there's no problem with, I mean, this could stem into a whole other tunnel, but like healthy separation is a good thing, you know, and sometimes you just need a little time, a little space and that time may be longer than others, but you know, it doesn't mean that everybody is sort of like dead to you forever. You know, anybody who, I guess you may, might've had a bad experience with or have done you wrong or something like that. Cause I mean, there's people that, you know, I've been in bands with too, um, you know, that I've had a falling out with, like I left one of my old bands and, you know, uh, I thought, you know, they all hated me for a long time, but eventually like he kind of like reached out to me and that was nice. And, you know, we we're still like friends now and we're on good terms and stuff. And we check in with each other now and again. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he's still doing music and I'm happy for him. And, you know, so okay and like i'm gonna use this as a segue because i just want to talk about autotune for one second because like this is one of the things we'd always like butt heads over okay. this artist and i because he he liked autotune he wanted yeah. to use autotune but he was using it because he didn't feel like he was a strong singer and like th- like in production i feel like there's a lot of like especially when you're producing an album there's a lot of these philosophical questions that come up like do we use autotune or do we not i i'm adamantly against autotune like I, I don't like when it. When you when you're talking auto tune, I'm I have two things in mind. I have pitch correction and then I have pitch correction. Yes. Okay. No pitch correction at all. So completely raw. Right. I, I like it completely raw. But if you look at auto tune, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like T Pain or like exactly, where it's yeah. an obvious like they're using it as an effect. Like a Yeah, they're effect. using it as like a as like a stylistic type of thing. Right. That I'm okay with. But okay. this was pitch correction. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm just like I was like, I was like, no, I was like, no auto tune. I was like, if anything, you should just become a better singer. Like, like we'll just do the takeover and over until you get it right. Where it, whereas, um, he was more inclined to just be like, no, let's just use auto tune. And I'm like, this is going to hurt you eventually when you try to take this live, you know, like, like I'm, I'm real big. My dad was always, my dad is a seventies musician. He was always like, he's like the thing about the bands in the seventies and the sixties is like what you heard on the album is what you heard when you went and saw it live. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I always liked that. So like, I always try to stay to that in anything I produce. Um, yeah, but, you don't want to like put something out that you can't do and perform live. And a lot of people do that. Right. So my favorite artists do that. Right. You know, are, are really disappointing. So I, I just had to get on the auto tune there. So I don't know if we even wrap that up about grudges, but 
Oh, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, oh, oh. Should we go to this one next? It's uh, coping with coping with feelings of sadness. Oh, yeah. We're staying. Got heavy some with heavy it. ones. Yeah. We're staying heavy. It's a heavy meaty sandwich. Yeah. So I guess I know that I use music in a lot of ways to cope with my sadness. I mean, whether it be me just like singing a lot. Do you have a go-to sad song? A go-to sad song? Like, I feel like I have different go-to sad songs depending where I'm at with music at the time. Because I feel like I switch between, like... Genres. Yeah. I I feel like right now, at this point, I'm really into hip-hop and stuff of that sort. Rather than, you know, a few years ago, I would have been super into metal. And, like, sad song back then... Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be a little different. I nowadays, I mean, I'm listening to sad stuff like Juice World, bro. That's yeah. You know, I'm I was still bring on that. that. Up, yeah. I'm still on it. So I, I, de- I definitely feel like, in some ways, I use music to almost like beat myself up a little bit when no, I'm sad. Like I listen. I think that's to, good. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to really sad song because you feel better after. Well, I feel like it's also like I'm I'm forcing myself to feel that sadness emotion. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, that... that it it like gives you a vessel to kind of sail through the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I, I listen to... I have a go-to sad song, which is Foolish Games by Jewel. Do you know that one? I, I don't think I do. It's like, you took your coat off and stood in the rain. Uh, You're always crazy like that. Oh my gosh, that song is so good. I'm getting teary now. And uh, there, there's like, a, oh, that song is so good. The production value is so good. Well, there's even like certain songs that are like, I guess, happy, but they're sad for me to listen to for certain reasons. You know, there's that too. Yeah. And that song's, oh my God, that song's like real meta too. And she's like, what? I'm going to have to listen to it. I forget what there's like a bunch of great lines in it. I gotta feel your go to sad songs. Love ones as they clumsily. Yeah, if you guys are hearing this, (laughs) if you guys are hearing this, please send me your go to sad song because I want to listen. Make a whole day of being depressed. Yeah, I want to feel. I want to feel what you guys feel. What you guys are vibing with. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good song. I I like Kanye's uh, 808s and Heartbreaks is pretty good too. Okay. Because he wrote that album after he was going through a breakup a bad breakup and he lost his mother at the same time like to a to a surgery it was actually like a rhinoplasty surgery mm-hmm. that went wrong and she just died on the operating table and she was like in her mid 40s i think so she wasn't that old Oop, little popcorn going on um but like uh yeah that that album's really cool because like it has like tracks like you know I don't know how much you know of Kanye, but it has like Say You Will on there. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Kanye, actually. Yeah, he has this one track where it's like, don't say you will. You know, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you will. It's so good. Um, but yeah, sad music, man. I, music's always been like a coping mechanism for me, though. I think it yeah. is for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like the greatest gift we have, honestly. It really is. It's like, yeah. well, and music is like its own language that's what's right like, it, it really is yeah it's because like i told somebody once i was like i write i write i write and produce songs because like my voice isn't big enough to say what i want to say sometimes so like you can say something with a bass line you can say something with a trumpet you can say you know you're saying things you know like uh you can have a happy trumpet or a sad trumpet and it's just like i don't know what it is about like certain certain notes in the chromatic scale or certain chords are just naturally sad 
Yeah. Well, and like the dope thing about the chromatic scale too is like, I think I read this in the Tao Te Ching. It was like there's seven notes in the chromatic scale, yet we have all this music. Mm-hmm. And there's like, how many primary colors are there? Three. Uh, like what's that red? Uh, yeah, I forget what that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you learned this in kindergarten. I too. know, right, dude? I like forget. Yeah, but they, I think it's three primary colors. You only have three primary like, colors: what, red, green, and yellow. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't even know. Or is it red, blue, yellow? Red, blue, yellow. Yeah, I forget. I don't even know. People are going crazy right now. No, because like <laughs> yellow and blue is green. Well, well, you only have three primary colors, yet you have all this color. Yeah, dude. you know, so it's just like really crazy. So. Yeah, coping with sadness. And that and I do a lot of meditation. And when you talk about like music being a language, like, I mean, I've sort of dabbled into trying to learn more about music theory and things like that. And I have done a little work on it. And and when the more you learn, the more you really see that it's a language. And like you see that even oddly enough, there's like equations or like it's like math yeah, it it's really weird yeah. it's so weird but it it's so weird. interesting it's very math involved very yeah. math involved i that's and i'm not good at math that's probably why all hell <laughs> songs i write are four four timing <laughs> dude uh I, my i mean i didn't write the instruments for the bands i was in i only did like lyrics and melodies but uh like we we did this song in the last band i was in and it was three four timing and no, that was very no thank you that was very interesting let me tell you i might have done one song three four timing yeah it actually turned out really well though and arguably enough it's probably my favorite song we've ever did but yeah it was very interesting i do like three well i don't know what they call it but i like i always call it a waltz beat where it's the one two three where it's one two three one two, yeah that's three. what it is yeah yeah mm-hmm. the, three that, four yeah i love that oh that's three four yeah okay yeah, I like those beats. Yeah. Because they kind of have like a little like dance. I don't even know how to explain it. Right. It's like a dun, I, dun, 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 I, dun. I got what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bounce to it. Okay, and moving on to our next bullet point, which is funny childhood stories. Would okay. you like to take the lead on this? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I was homeschooled my whole life. Probably talked about that a little bit. Uh, and so is my whole family. So what this means, as well as... You know, my dad was in the Navy for 20 years, so we always lived together. In the Navy. In the Navy. (laughs) Uh, So we always lived together. I mean, and you can imagine that uh, brothers and sisters. What did he do in the Navy? uh, He was a uh, radar and missile technician. That's so dope. (laughs) He's very very good with electronics and things like that. Cool. Very smart guy. Uh, But... But uh, yeah, we were always around each other. So you can imagine that as kids growing up, how probably terrible we were to each other as well. You know, <laughs> I have some really funny stories. Um, so I have, I have one older brother. He's four years older than me. My younger brother is four years younger than me. And then my sister is like, I think like 15-ish months younger than him. Uh-huh. But so me and my older brother, as we got older in life, we would always, you know, be told to watch Angel and Tony when my parents had to do stuff or went whatever for, for whatever. So they were supposed to listen to us. Well, this is a funny story. I remember one time they were being, they were being real bad. They weren't listening to nothing, just being terrible. So they like, we told them to do something. They didn't listen. They went upstairs and like locked themselves in their room and they went and come out. 
classic kid move classic kid move right so me and my me and my older brother were like okay okay at this time we did have some cockroaches in our basement okay it happens it happens yeah uh what i did was i went and found a screwdriver and i unscrewed the doorknob off the uh off the door oh and my brother because i went into it my brother went to catch some cockroaches. Oh. <laughs> and while well, we got into the room and they shut themselves into the closet and were holding the like the closet door shut. <laughs> so oh, on so three, good. I like we ripped the door open and threw the cockroaches he, in there with he, them. He just like unleashed the hounds on them. <laughs> and they were just screaming. That's oh, like <laughs> Oh so bad. dude, it was terrible. And I mean like they did terrible things to me too, especially me and my older brother always had a rivalry growing up. And mm. I think him and I are closer than, I mean, I'm close with my family, but like him and I are closer than anyone else. And I think it's probably because of that. But I like, he used to do rotten stuff towards me, dude. Like he, he dared me to, I don't know how young I was, probably like six. He dared me to, uh, to swallow a SpaghettiOs meatball hole, right? <laughs> and you know, me as a kid, also my older brother, I'm like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> yes, I, I, I choked. Um, yeah. And those I mean, meatballs were a lot bigger back then, I think. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty decent size. I mean, I, they're kind of small now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to get the Heimlich and I coughed it up and it was great. I just did a fly across the floor or something. Like <laughs> yeah. just I remember away. it rocket rocket launching out of my mouth. That's pretty like a Nerf ball. Yeah, dude. It, like in the movies. I, I shit you not. Like in the movies, bro. And uh, what what else? Another time I remember. This was before I could read. It's funny. I still remember this. I was trying to make cinnamon and sugar toast, I think. Oh, that's so good. It's yeah. underrated. Underrated, it. delicious. Yeah. And it's, Do you put it, butter it, on it too? Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. let the butter melt yeah, first. So that, the cinnamon sugar. Yeah, so that when you yes. put the sugar on, the sugar like yes, gets, sir. <laughs> gets wet with the butter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was trying to make that, and I asked my brother to get me the sugar. Well, I guess he hands me garlic salt. Me, <laughs> I didn't know any better. I'm just like, okay. My brother's trying to help me out. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Why are siblings mean to each other like I, that? I don't know. Yeah, because we were like that too. I was really... Oh, yeah. oh, gosh. One time I did. This is big confession time. Okay. This is like like sociopath stuff. One Uh-oh. time one time I got a Valentine from school, and I don't know why, but my sister pissed me off doing something, something kid. We were kids. So I ri- this, is, this is messed up. Oh, no. I ripped up the Valentine. And told my dad that my sister did it. Oh. And then he, he spanked her for it. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like evil. I was like in the corner with my arms crossed. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Oh like I, I like an evil villain. Like I got like I had a henchman like rougher up basically. <laughs> uh, and then like another time, this isn't really funny. Well, yeah, it is. It's funny. It's kind of weird. Like I slept walk when I was, I think, 10 years old, maybe oh, wow. nine, maybe younger than that. Um, in the middle of the night and I opened up the fridge and just peed in it because I don't, I, I, maybe like, I think like maybe I was hungry, but also I had to pee at the same time. And I just thought I was in the bathroom. So I just opened the fridge and peed in the fridge. And then even <laughs> funnier enough, my little brother, who's 10 years difference, he did the same thing at the same age. My mom was flip flipping out over it. Like That's he went, weird. yeah, he opened up the fridge and just peed in it like in his sleep. Like <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It was really weird. I don't think if ever seen anyone sleepwalk yeah i i I think you're just like uh you're kind of there but you're not it's you're in a dream state that's what it is like 
Like, well, have you ever got up in the middle of the night and gone to the bathroom? We've all done that. Like, and you're kind of there, but not really, but you're there. Yeah, but I, it's never been to the point where... You didn't remember it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of like that, but just a real intense, like, state. You're almost like, you're pretty much asleep, but you kind of know what you're doing, but you're also kind of, you're seeing it, like, from a third-person perspective. Like, when you're dreaming, like, I, I usually dream in a third-person perspective, not a first. Is that... So, it's like the camera's, like... Huh you know, behind me like or whatever see part of yourself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it's kind of like that. It's really weird. So we, I mean, outer body experiences are like a pretty weird thing. Like uh, I've had a couple of them in my life. I'd say that were really weird. Dream wise. I've had a few, but I just do not remember them anymore. No, uh, that's okay. You know, yeah. that's what they're for. They're for not remembering unless you <laughs> journal them. So, um, uh, uh, okay. Moving on to maybe the final bullet point here, I suppose, but, I, I've been struggling with pre-vacation. So I got this vacation coming up or we have a vacation coming up, not together, but <laughs> <laughs> like, like, um, like I'm going to San Diego for the week. Um, I'll be in studio for three days and I have four days where I'm just doing whatever I want. Sounds like a good time. Oh my gosh. And I, d- I did it right. I'm like a full blown adult. I got like the rental car. I got the Airbnb. I got like, you know, everything, the plane ticket, everything. Um, and I, I, I got a massage lined up, CBD massage. There we go. Yeah. Oh man. It's going to be so good. Um, but like, like I, I do this, I over budget for vacation. Cause when I go, I, I want to while out, you know, I want to do whatever I want and like, you know, so I over budget, but then I'm like, oh man, I'm about to go on vacation in a week and I'm already kind of mentally on vacation. Cause like I'm yeah, checking out. Yeah. I'm just right. like checking out from everything. So uh, like, like I'm, I'm now I'm in the pool hall and I'm just like, like last night I think I had, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna exaggerate or underplay this. I had two IPAs. Okay. I had a shot. I had, and I was having such a good time. I bought a pitcher of beer at the end of the night. Oh, a pitcher. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> just of his eyes. Like, like he's like, Oh wow. You're drinking over there. Uh, like I, but here's the thing. I got the picture and then I was like, you know what? I don't need this. So I started giving it away. So okay. where, where, and I think that shows a little maturity in itself. Like, so I started, um, there's this guy I shoot with. I was like, I was just like, Hey, and I just went over with the picture and he like had an empty glass. He's like, Oh, and he just mm-hmm. like put the glass out and I just like fill, fill. And then he went up to go shoot. And then like, I saw he drank like three quarters of it real quick. So I just like topped it off and walked away. Oh. And then, uh, so like, but I was like, I, I mean, I had a good time and, and luckily I didn't, I didn't get drunk. I wouldn't say I got drunk. <laughs> I was feeling good. Uh, but, uh, like, like, yeah, I have to be careful. Cause like, I feel like I'm already getting in vacation mode and I'm getting in a like, fuck it mode. And I still, you know, I still have responsibilities here until I leave. Yeah. So I need to calm down. So, um, and it's going to be weird going back. I, I don't know if I told you I'm staying in my old neighborhood. So yeah, I, you I get, did tell me that. Yeah, it's gonna be cool just to kind of. It's been a year since I've been away, and North Park, um, North Park, San Diego is really dope because there's a lot of breweries there. It's like the most breweries per capita in the United States, and it's a real. It's become a real touristy area, but there's just bunch of restaurants, bunch of artists, bunch of um, in in this like one little space, and it's it's the longest I ever lived in one spot. So even in my childhood and even, yeah. So for me, it it signifies a lot of like, to me, it registers as home in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. 
So it's going to be cool just to go back and stay in the neighborhood. And even though everything's closed down right now because of the whole thing, like it'll be nice to just like walk around and go to the beach and, and see some friends. And um, so, yeah, this pre-vacation, man, I can, like I'm calling it pre-vacation because I'm already just like unplugging and doing whatever I want. And I'm, and I blame myself because I, I saved, I budgeted too much money. I, like, uh, you, I mean, <laughs> that's good, right? I, you, you prepare for the worst and yeah. I, be, I mean the worst being the most fun well I have a problem with guilt and maybe we can get into this because like I feel like when I spend money on just having fun I feel guilty afterwards um, like I don't deserve it you know like you don't that's why you feel that's why you feel guilty uh, well drinking makes me feel guilty too but it's because I've done crappy things when I've drank and even, even though I'm drinking right now and I'm not doing crappy things I still feel guilty from drinking I think that's because well Obviously, I don't want to assume because it's not me, but Please maybe assume. maybe it's because you're just scared of doing that again. Yes, yes. But but I don't. But also, I would say give yourself some credit too because it, you know you you're being responsible with it. Yeah. Well, you know what's and when I go to when I go to the pool hall, I keep to myself a lot. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I just shoot. You know, yeah. and, uh, I play people. I just. And I feel like I want to be a guy who's like real social and talking to everybody. And like the alcohol, I hate to say it, the alcohol helps me do that. It does. They call it liquid courage for a reason. Yeah. So like, like, like last, like last night there was a, pr- a pretty girl and I was like, I was like a former Adam would jump on this opportunity to talk to this pretty girl. But again, I just stayed away from her. Cause like, I'm like, I don't want to get tipsy and be like, yo, how you doing? <laughs> what up, baby? Oh God! Because that's not me anyway. That's just how I am Never when I'm drinking. Have I ever done that? No. no. Like, uh, I don't know if I tell you these stories. I, I have a lot of great stories of like, um, not a lot, but like where, um, maybe I could talk about it. You know, Layla, right? Yeah. So like the way oh, the way I met Layla was it was like seven years ago, maybe eight now, eight years ago, and we were both at this bar. I'm not going to name the bar, <laughs> but we were both at this bar and, uh, she, she went up to the bar to order drinks and I thought she was really attractive. So I, I, uh, I, I saw her of course. Also went up to buy drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I saw her and I went up and literally this was my opener. Like this is the first thing I ever said. We're already. <laughs> I said, I said, Hey, <laughs> i was like hey can i buy those two drinks for you because oh, she because okay. i saw she was in the corner with i think a couple friends maybe one or two friends mm-hmm. so that part is a little foggy but uh who were ladies who were women and <laughs> i'm gonna stop saying ladies because it sounds creepy <laughs> um who were women and so and she goes she goes oh i don't know if it's a good idea i'm just like over here with my friends you know i said okay cool and like she went away and then I went away and, and I was with friends too. Mm-hmm. So I think it might've been a half hour, 45 minutes later, she goes back to the same spot at the bar to order a couple of drinks for her and her friends. I go up again <laughs> and I go, I was like, uh, I was like, Hey, are you drunk enough to let me buy you those drinks yet? Uh-huh. And like, like she just like laughed, you know, she was just like, she's like, okay, yeah, sure. And like, that for me it was a lesson and and also uh uh what's the word Am, uh, not ambition but persistence yes <laughs> so i i was persistent but i wasn't annoying about it you know what i'm saying and me and my friend were talking about this on the phone the other day he's like he's like you know what i've learned he's like 
if you can be funny about it, you can get away with anything. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, so true. He's like, that's why Tinder exists. Yeah. And we were actually talking about uh, like racism at the time. We were talking about, I think like, uh, like risque artists, like Eddie Murphy and like, you know, g- these guys who used to use the word, like the F word for gay people, you okay. know? And like, and I was, I was telling him, I was like, this comedy is going to be outdated one day. It's just going to be like, just seen as like archaic and offensive because of some of the things they were talking about. Cause there's a lot of homophobia and things like yeah. that involved, you know? And he, and he's like, uh, he, he, he was like, he's like, yeah, it's, it's, but that specifically was more about the word. But it's like you can get away with a lot of things if you could just like make the person laugh. Like I, I learned this like working retail. Like if a customer goes and complains about you, right? But if the thing they're complaining about is funny, you you won't get in trouble. So like <laughs> like if you say something rude, but it's really really funny to the point that if somebody tells someone else, it's just like oh that's funny. <laughs> like <laughs> like you won't get in trouble. So um like uh I, I'm having I, I I don't know where that guy is. The, the bold guy that would have gone that went up to Layla twice like that that night like I don't know where that guy is anymore because he's not here anymore because like and I'm trying to think back like was I just really drunk and I was like no because I remember it like yeah. I remember it in detail you know and like Layla and I have become really great friends since you know and we're still good friends so it's it's confusing to me because like I feel like it's almost like this file not found like when <laughs> when I see someone that I'm interested in but I think it's also because like maybe I've just got all my like I want to say like I've I've been that guy that like will hit on a girl at a bar I know what lies down that path and maybe before it was an unknown path but now it's not an unknown path because it all kind of play it plays out in the same way yet it doesn't that makes sense uh i say for me that's a completely unknown path so yeah so well i think i could probably stand to benefit from it being an unknown path for me now you know okay. like so like and, and i don't know i feel like i this is a reoccurring thing you ever encounter this like i i'm constantly at battle to not become a parody of myself yeah. yeah yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like it's like i've already done that i did it and it worked out great like um but also I feel like if I was to keep following the same formula, I'm just going to become quote unquote that guy, you know, like, it's like, it's like, I don't want to keep doing the same things I've been doing for, for years and years, because in a way it also cheapens that experience. Cause Layla and I both tell that story like to friends about me. That's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. And and we kind of like that. That's the way we met. You know what I'm saying? It's like a dope story. So I think if I, if I was going to use that line on someone else, I think it would like cheapen it in a way, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be special. I I, I get, I totally get that. But like the other thing is like, like, I don't think, I don't think I approach people like that too, too often. I think, I think it literally has to be someone where I'm just like, like zing. Yeah. but it's with friends as well like there's certain people that i meet where it's like yeah this this person i could get down like when i first met you i was like this person i could get down you know like um like uh i don't know it's it's just kind of weird like um it's it's like that first instant like anybody friends anybody that first instance where you meet each other where it's like it's like oh hey we're gonna be friends or we're gonna be something and breaking the ice yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure so i think it's a it's a challenge i i think more than anything i like because i'm kind of a um what's the word i'm not really sarcastic 
I'm ex- I would say eccentric. I'm very sarcastic and dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm dramatic too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm an embellisher and all that. So I feel like the people I interact with have to understand that about me. Right. Like um, Quentin Tarantino was talking about how he would have actors read for like Pulp Fiction or he had actors read for like Inglorious Bastards. And like Quentin Tarantino has these real subtle jokes in his scripts. Mm-hmm. And Quentin Tarantino would tell the actor like Quentin Tarantino was saying, I can't work with dumb actors. And, and, the interviewer was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, he's like, I was having this actor read one of my scripts and Quentin would be like, you didn't really sell the joke, you know? And the actor was like, well, what joke? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even get it in the script cause it was so subtle. Yeah. And he's like, and basically he's like, oh, we're not going to be able to work together cause <laughs> you don't even get the subtleties here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know. I feel like that's part of it, but, um, I'm just like, but sometimes I'm like, where's that guy? Like, where's that guy that took risks? Where is that the guy? taker. Yeah, I'm just all formulated now. And yeah. I'm just like, but maybe that just is part of getting older and getting more experience and, you know. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, so. Uh, all right, well, that's probably a good place to tie it up. Do you, do you have anything to add? Anything uh, therapeutic to impart to our listenership? Well, I also, uh, therapeutic, maybe not so much. I also. <laughs> not for I, you. No. I also am getting ready for my vacation as well, but I'm not doing anything, uh, you know too elaborate i'm doing more of a staycation type of deal um i'm just going to be using the time to you know get my headspace right take a little break from you know a lot of the grind that i've been doing um i'm going to be using the time to just work on like production things with uh my twitch streaming and i'm going to do another 24 hour stream it's going to be crazy and uh, i'm trying to schedule some like watch togethers in my like discord we're going to watch some like movies and stuff so it's just going to be a nice little uh break from life and you know just something that i I really need i'm really excited for so yeah if you haven't done it yet go to is it twitch.com i guess it is uh twitch.tv oh yeah twitch.tv giuseppe has a channel on there where you can watch him play video games and you can chat and talk with him while he does that and other people yeah. and his uh, name there you're gonna search at at sign delusional trash that's but, right delusional trash yeah but i guess you just type in delusional trash yeah, pop up. absolutely yeah um okay i think that's gonna bring the show to a close so next show we're gonna put out will be on the 11th so check us out on the 11th um we're taking a couple weeks off but we'll definitely be back for more electric trash radio season two so right yep so more uh more feelings more thoughts more emotions more shenanigans and more people so um (laughs) until then take care of yourselves um if you get in bad straits reach out um reach out to a friend tell someone you love them and uh, i am adam lee robinson and i'm giuseppe villano And we will see you again soon. Take it easy and thank you all for listening. Take care, guys.